The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Dr. Daniel Briscoe is one of Israel's most renowned ophthalmologists, head of his department at a hospital in Tel Aviv, where he's been living for over 30 years. But he was born and bred in Ireland, the nephew of the late TD Ben Briscoe, and therefore grandson of Robert Briscoe, who was Dublin's first Jewish Lord Mayor. And he's joining us now from Tel Aviv. Daniel, good morning and welcome. Hi, good morning. Now, uh, you are labouring away in the hospital in Tel Aviv, but it must be difficult given the possibility that rockets may arrive at your doorstep. Well, we have uh, the possibility of it happening all the time. Since uh, for the last two weeks, we've had rocket attacks day and night. Um, uh, This is just part of of, of how we live. The rockets are, are very dangerous. And um, we try and get into bomb shelters in time. We usually have one and a half minutes in Tel Aviv, which is usually enough time. But people very often fall on the stairs out of panic or, or whatever and get injured uh, from, from, from that as well. And there are houses that have been hit in not just in Tel Aviv, in Ashkelon, in, 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 uh, in Ashdod, in Rehovot, in other, other cities where there's been a lot of people injured and uh, badly injured, I could say. Um, are, are you being brought into the war with your surgical skills? Has it affected you in that way? Uh, yes, to a certain extent, I, I do specialised surgery, so I've been asked to go to uh, a couple of the bigger hospitals here to uh, help uh, with with uh, certain cases, uh, and we have a, 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 a network, so we help each other uh, when where, where people are needed. So, for instance, in the south, uh, after the massacre that occurred uh, two weeks ago, uh, the people that survived were brought to Soraka Hospital and we all sent nursing staff down and, and, and uh, surgeons down to help because it was around the clock uh, work. So uh, we do, we do uh, work it very well in terms of that. We, we help each other. We don't just leave it. Everybody's left in one hospital to, to manage. They have to, we, we help them out. Yeah. Now, the, the nature of injuries from war uh, probably similar in some ways to the nature of injuries from really bad traffic accidents. So you would have seen this kind of thing no, before? No, not at all. No? Not, not at all. Uh, absolutely not. No. Um, actually, I have a lot of... Uh, I have um, Initially, I got a lot of experience with war injuries from the uh, suicide bombings that took place here uh, in the uh, 2000 uh, period. Uh, and they were they, they they left a big scar on me. You know, we we also get a certain amount of post trauma from from those very hard cases. And the second time I've seen these type of injuries was from all of the war injured who came from Syria into Israel. We treated seven thousand war injured in in Israel uh, that came from Syria, and they're all multidisciplinary. Uh, cases, they, you know, you have a person that comes in and he has no airway, he has no face, he has no eyes. He, you have to try and, and do something. His brain is, is exposed, so you need a multidisciplinary team in order to deal with these case, with these cases. They're very, very severe cases. Now, how do you, how do you cope with with that reality and also realizing that because of what happened at the hands of Hamas? that um, your own country now, Israel, is doing something similar to human beings in Gaza. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You can't compare what was done. What happened in Israel was was attacked and a Holocaust was committed. I mean, if you can imagine 
your neighborhood, not your street, your whole neighborhood. Imagine that there was a control center sending in people to open up doors, explode open up doors, open up doors with, with drills, open up doors with professional door openers. And then they would allow in killer teams into the house. They would take your children out and burn them alive in front of their parents. So, you know, the, I was talking to a colleague from the uh, National Pathology Institute here, and he said that it looked like a harbor because they were brought ship containers full of bodies, okay, full of bodies, 1,400 people. Imagine your whole neighborhood has now gone. Maybe there's a, there's a third of the people maybe left. The rest are all dead. There's children without, that if, if, if a child escaped, they found a child that had been hidden by the parents. The parents were killed, but they didn't find the child, a baby. There's all these things have happened, the most terrible, and we're still having funerals every day at the moment because you can't even, you can't even identify the bodies. There's no DNA. They put people in cars and lit the cars on fire. They did the most horrific. I don't want to even go into mm. the, 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 the horrible things that were done because it's just too much for your listeners. It's, it, it, it was a Holocaust. And for Jews, we've been through a Holocaust already, and we're not going to go for another Holocaust. This wasn't an attack. This shouldn't be presented as an attack. You know, there's no new, there are no two narratives about what was done. It was an international crime. It was of the most awful, of the most awful nature. Hamas is a terrorist group. It's not a government. And they feed you all of their false information, such as when the Gaza hospital was hit by one of their own rockets, which when they come to Tel Aviv, everybody tells us, ah, they're only these, these um, uh, uh, small little rockets that do nothing. And what, what is it? It's, it's stupid. And when it hits a hospital in Gaza, it's something very serious. And then they lied to you and told you that 800 people had been killed when now they found out the European agency has discovered that there were only between 10 and 50 injured. And you get fed all of this stuff. And, you know, Israel is pumping water into southern Gaza. What Hamas, as a government, this terrorist organization, does with that water, I don't know. The, 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 the medical supplies, the Israelis know exactly what the UN has, and they're in contact with them. So it's not as the Hamas government presents it. You know, I'd ask you a very simple question, Pat. Yeah. How is it that... They have a, a shortage of medical supplies and food and everything, but they've got no shortage of rockets. Well, it's a question we raised. Why on, do they on have the, no shortage yeah, of rockets? It's a question we raised on the program, by the way, in the immediate aftermath uh, of uh, the outbreak of hostilities when Hamas went in uh, to Israel and accompanied by uh, thousands of rockets. We asked that very question. Um, if you can afford rockets, can you not afford medical care? Well, that's where all that's that's where all the Irish taxpayers' money has gone when they're giving aid to Gaza. It, they they steal it and they take it. When we supply petrol to Gaza, the 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 Hamas take it and and for the for the hospital they take it and they use it for military operations. Mm. So you're you're talking about a group of thirty thousand Hamas people who are holding two million Palestinians hostage. That's the situation, really. Um, and I'll tell you something else. I work in my hospital. We all work uh, together. I have Jewish people, Muslim people, Christian people, Druze. We have every type, everyone you want. And we all work together. But I want to tell you, when they asked for volunteers to go down to southern Israel for nursing to, to help out, the first people to volunteer were 
our Muslim Arab nurses, and they were desperate to go down. Everybody was horrified by what happened. So a lot of the stuff that's presented is not as you see it. I think, I think there's a totally different situation in terms of how people take it on the ground. Uh, Hamas have called for the Arab population of, of Israel to rise up against us, and they didn't. They're horrified by it. Um, the the question that, that, that prompted this particular aspect of our conversation, Daniel, was really about, you know, one way or the other, we know that there are people who are ordinary people who are suffering in uh, Gaza. We know, we know that's inevitably true. And I'm wondering, do you have fellow feeling for your, your medical colleagues who are kind of doing the job that you've had to do? That's right. Well, well you, you, you know that I do a lot of work with people from Gaza, and I have done for years. But that's, and I'm obviously very connected with people there. So, but uh, yes, there is, and there is a human tragedy. And if you think that Israel would like to see a human tragedy among the population of Gaza, they don't. Israel doesn't target hospitals. They try and tell people to get out where where they're going to. They they even have this was knock on knock on the roof if they're going to if they're going to explode a building because a lot of the buildings are built on Hamas command centers. Okay, the command centers that ran the Holocaust that happened two weeks ago. Okay, those are so if they say if you're living over a command center, get out. Don't stay there and don't keep your kids there. So if somebody keeps their kids there and the place explodes, well. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing, obviously. I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to say, but, you know, there, in every war, in every war, everywhere where there's been wars, where Europeans have commi- uh, uh, gone to war, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's anywhere else, there are always civilian uh, casualties, but they don't try to make the civilian casualties. So the difference between Hamas and Israel, Hamas targets our hospitals every day. You know, I've operated during a rocket attack. I've, I can't get up. I can't, I can't do anything. I'm in the middle of a rocket attack and I have to keep, keep operating on the person. It's, a, it's not a very easy thing, okay? And you hear the explosions and you just hope and pray it won't hit you. Okay. Uh, you the, the Hamas rocket our hospitals. We do not rocket their hospitals. This is an organization which is a terrorist organization. I would ask you, why... Why is it that there hasn't been an unequivocal demand by every government that the hostages be immediately released? And why is there not an equivalent, unequivalent demand that these people from Hamas be tried for war crimes right now? It's just absolutely horrific what they're doing because they're doing it to the Palestinian population. And I'm quoting my, 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 my Arab uh, Muslim uh, colleagues who work with me—that's uh, that, that's what they—that's what they—that's what they do. They're holding people hostage. It's 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 a it's a it's a terrible regime. If you think that they do that to Jews and they don't do it to their own, yeah, you'd be surprised what they do to their own. They throw people off the 14th floor of, of buildings. We saw it in the past. They do lots of things. So it's not an organization that needs to stay. It needs to go. And um, you can't ask Israelis to live beside it. Israel is entitled to defend itself like any other nation. You can't ask people to go back and live and wait for the next Holocaust to come. No, you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Nobody will do it. Now, Daniel, uh, you, you saw the controversy, I'm sure, about uh, President Michael D. Higgins, who criticised the Commission President Ursula von der Leyen for her pretty unequivocal support of Israel. 
and uh, the President Higgins asked where did she get the authority to to do this. What did you make of that controversy? Well, my my, uh, my, my feeling about that is that it, it's uh, I think it's a disgrace to Ireland. Um, I think it's similar to the Irish government sending their condolences condolences to the German government when they sent it to the embassy. They handed in a letter to the embassy on Hitler's death uh, after the Second World War. And Ireland, by the way, it's a bit like um, the fact you're asking me the question, it's a bit, bit, bit like history repeating itself. You know, Ireland was persona non grata in the White House after the Second World War for years. And the person who put them back into the White House, that the that the Taoiseach could go and visit the White House again was my granddad in 1957 when he was made the Jewish Lord Mayor of Dublin. He went to the United States and he went to the White House and he cooled things down and that's what actually got us back there. So now the Americans again understand that this is a bigger war. It's a war that's been caused by Iran. Hamas is a proxy of Iran. So is Hezbollah and we're threatened on the north. And they're threatening U.S. bases now as well. And the United States has put Navy into the Mediterranean. This is a very serious business. And President O'Higgins is condemning Israel and condemning Ursula von der Leyen that she said when she came and she saw such a holocaust that had been committed, she saw it. And how could you not condemn such a thing? So I think that Ursula von der Leyen did the right thing at the right time. And as I said, there are no two narratives about this. So I would uh, reject well, completely she, she what President She has been said. just a little bit more circumspect in, in her recent statements where they call for proportionality uh, in the response from oh, Israel. If you wanted pro- what does proportionality mean? <clears throat> does proportionality mean that Israel should go and do all of the atrocities to the Gaza population, what they did to the Israelis, burn kids in front of their parents, uh, do worse things, take pregnant women, and and we don't want to say what they did to them, do all of those things. Is that proportionality? There's no such thing as proportionality in war. That's ridiculous. That's a fetish that was just made for Israel. So if people don't like Jews and they don't want them to exist and they don't want them to, to defend themselves, they should say it straight out. But, you know, playing around with, with uh, saying that uh, 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 proportionality, there's no proportionality in war. Yeah, by the way, just a, as a postscript, uh, in terms of anti-Semitism, the, the rate of anti-Semitism in Ireland, according to recent polls, is, is lower than it is in, in most of Europe. But we leave it there. Dr. Daniel Briscoe, thank you very much for joining us from Tel Aviv. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.